Hello everybody and welcome back to The Rewatch. I hope you're all having a wonderful, wonderful week. How's your week going? It's going okay. I can't believe another week has come upon us. Another I know. Week ending, like I said. <laughs> but it's okay. I mean, still alive in 2020. Honestly, so. that's a blessing. COVID <laughs> is so strange. I feel like all the days are endless, but time is also going by super quickly. And I don't yeah. understand what's going on. Yeah. But it is what it is. It is. Well, yes. we still have sex in the city. And now yes. episode five, the power of female sex. Yes. It's an interesting um, title. And the summary of it all is the women, I put all of them together, basically ponder what the line is between using your sexuality, mm-hmm. where does the line blur? When is it exploitation? And when is it just using the tools you're afforded to move ahead? And I'm not quite sure what I thought of this. I think the premise was interesting, but yeah. I'm not quite sure it was executed well. It was blurry. I don't think the episode took a stance. I I agree with you on that. I feel like they could have maybe explored it a bit more. But then again, it is also a 30-minute show. So I'm actually interested in what your thoughts will be on this episode. Because we haven't discussed it at all. So I think it'll be exciting to see where we both stand on the issue. (laughs) I hope I'm just accusing them of not being clear in their stance. And I'm hoping I'm clear because I think they've muddled me. So I don't know. So. The episode starts with Samantha and Carrie trying to get seated at a restaurant that was called Balzac. And I swear to God, guys, the entire episode, all I called it in my head was Balzac. I don't know why it was called that. I kept asking. I was like, I should have put on my closed caption. I was just, it just but I kept hearing it. It was oh, Balzac. So, but thanks for putting you know, that into my head. Thank you. I'm sorry, guys. All I heard was Balzac. But I'm okay. not gonna say honore de Balzac <laughs> for the rest of my life. So great. <laughs> and Carrie is doing the voiceover, stating how the most powerful person in New York is the hostess of this restaurant because it's so hard to get into. They've been waiting, trying to have lunch for 45 minutes and Samantha has had enough about it and she decides to pull my air air quotes are on rank since they are air quotes against somebody's so she goes on to her she tries telling her I run the hottest PR agency and Carrie definitely is somebody she writes but the hostess isn't budging and they were not getting um, a table Um, Samantha gets declined and she comes back to ask Carrie for 20 and it was funny when Carrie was like, what? And then Samantha is like, oh, do you think I should make it a 50? And then we reminded about Carrie's money problems when she said, even if I had a 50, do you think I'll give it to that girl? <laughs> and I think this was the other part of the episode. I think we were being introduced to how finances are not Carrie's strong suit. Yes. They talked about it. It was like in tandem throughout the episodes. Um, as we go along the one fun fact that I found was I'm a credit nerd I'm always reading the credits before or after and I saw that the story I think we've talked about the fact that it was written by men Darren Starr specifically and I saw that the story was written by Genji Cohan who yeah, some of weeds, right? yes and Orange is the New Black so That's I thought that was it. interesting that 
and I don't know what that did for me that yes it was a power of the female sex and it was written by a woman and it still ended up like this so yeah so that was why it was an interesting fact Denji was most in the news her son committed suicide if I'm not mistaken so yeah um anyway they decide to leave because carrie poor carrie i'm hungry i just want to eat she doesn't care about all of these things but samantha I'm is her. if you come out to eat and your friend is just determined to get into the happening place you're not being get like allowed in can we just eat i'll be complaining too shoot <laughs> samantha makes a comment and she's like i was that girl 10 years ago and if she were a man They'd be seated with free drinks being sent over. And what do you think of that statement? I actually don't think that's true at all. Because places like that, I feel like, tend to go for young, hip, pretty women because it attracts the men with money. So I don't think it actually has anything to do with their gender. I don't know. What do you think? Well, what do you think of, I think, more in terms of, like, her... I think this is also the beginning of... I'm a woman, I'm going to get this done through just being a woman. And is, does, that, does that go against, I don't, I'm, every feminist is not the same, but does that go against the stance of being given stuff because of how you look? Or um, I'm just taking too in much? In regards to feminism? Um, I guess, yeah, I would think so. Uh, because she did say if the hostess was a man, Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. I'm so sorry. I thought you meant she was saying if they were women. If they were men. But yeah, no, if the hostess was a man. Men, they'd be yeah, seated. probably. It's been sent over. Yeah, so. yeah. I actually agree with that. I do think, I, I'm not against using your femininity to get things, just because I feel like the world is unequal. And yeah. women were already kind of underrepresented in a lot we suffer a lot so i feel like wherever we can gain an advantage i'm all for it i am never going to hate on a woman for using her womanhood to get perks so good for them is what i say no i agree because there's all like you said it's uneven yes we're fighting for equality and i know this may get muddled for those who are just hell-bent on misunderstanding but Mm -hmm. everyone's where they can if you already have a deficit and you know, this is something, you know, that works. Why not? You know, yes. hurt anybody. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so after they've eaten, Carrie goes shopping, but Carrie, again, hiding behind something or the other, say she's testing out a theory that she had about shopping unleashing the, her creative subconscious. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? I know Maybe I don't like this girl. Okay, but... <laughs> that you know how some people go for a run so they can feel better and be creative. Carrie shops, it releases her endorphins. So hey, okay. it is what it is. But you're broke and you she's like I don't know. You're broke and somehow you want to test this theory and this involves buying you some Dolce and Gabbana shoes. But okay, that's great. <laughs> and <laughs> She's telling us that, oh, she's already planning on returning the shoes anyways. When this salesperson has the audacity to come out and cut her card in two, (laughs) the credit company asks him to do it, then hands him the phone saying they want to speak to her. Girl. (laughs) You know, that made me laugh because I feel like 
at that time, you always see people's credit cards being cut up in movies and TV. But I'm like, do they do that in real life? Wouldn't they just say, your card has been declined? Your card Hand it back to you and keep it pushing. <laughs> and I always find, like, these salespeople have, like, some little glee over telling you that your card is declined. You know what? I don't think so. Just because I worked in luxury retail for years and it's honestly the worst feeling. I never felt any kind of happy when somebody's card was declined, even if they were a complete bitch. It's just so <laughs> humiliating. And some and a lot yeah. of the times nowadays, sometimes because I've had people come back literally like two minutes later and their card worked fine. So I don't even see it yeah. as a like getting back at someone thing. Because sometimes it's literally because your bank is like, is this really you? Send us a text to confirm it's you, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I just, I would never take pleasure in that. But, yeah, he definitely did seem to take glee in it. I actually do agree with you there. I mean, the only reason I think that is in the cases that happened to me due, due to, like, something happened to the bank mm-hmm. or the magnetic or something, they don't say it quietly or it's like, they're just like, nope. Excuse me, ma'am, do you have another card? Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> our power has been going out. Oh, no, it's just like this attitude that you're getting so that's why i thought there was some kind of pleasure it but, could also I mean, be projection because whenever we feel yeah. embarrassed we think other people are laughing at us so <laughs> that's true <laughs> so from nowhere some lady with an italian accent steps in and hands over a card to pay for it and carrie gives the weakest i can't let you do that <laughs> as the lady says you can pay me never. And besides, it's on my boyfriend, Carlo. Yeah. And um, at this point, I feel like it took a long time for them to tell us her name. I can't even or remember was that name me? as we're talking now, to be very oh, honest with you. Amber, Amber Lita. Amber Lita, that right. was it. Correctly. So Carrie asks, how long have they been together? And she says, oh, we've been together two months. She grabs her away. She's very boisterous. You can only imagine like this pretty brunette has a nice body and it's just loud and she's I want to she's European for sure mm-hmm. but I'm not sure European or I couldn't tell maybe she's from Argentina Spain something in yeah, that she, she um, looked like she was from Spain or she was Hispanic in some way but she could also be Italian yeah. to be honest with you exactly I think that's what I was leaning mm-hmm. to us Speak away from him as the lady briefs Carrie on how he has a huge mansion in Argentina. And then casually, and I promise you, so casually just says, he has a tiny little penis, but knows how to use it. <laughs> and I have to pause because <laughs> I was like, is that what she really said? But then my question was, how does that work? Can you have a tiny little penis but know how to use it? Because there's a difference between tiny little and just a tiny penis. Are you penis, asking me? But I don't have experience in this, so I'm so sorry. Saying, okay, it was a question that I was just asking, like, how does that work? Because usually what I hear is tiny little penis, but oh, he knows how to use his tongue or something or whatever. I've never heard he has a tiny little penis, but he knows how to use it. How do you, what do you do? Hey, well, maybe she's telling you. And size isn't everything. We all know this. Like size it's is not, absolutely which is why... not everything. And tiny to her could be different from tiny to me. Could be different from tiny to you. So it's all relative, isn't which, it? Which is true. And I agree with everything you said, which is why I said, you know, for some people where they're like, oh, they only have, they have a small penis or whatever. It's just the fact that she emphasized tiny little two 
adjectives. So in my mind, we're talking micro. Do you know what I so, thought that too? I was like, oh man, does this man have a micro fetus? And the way he just waved she, so cheerily. And then I thought about the act. I imagine telling all your friends, oh my gosh, I've got a role on Sex and the City. I'm going to be playing a man with a tiny little fetus. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't just say tiny little she said tiny little penis that was how she said it so in my mind we're talking micro but then it also made me realize or remember that fact is fact that women talk oh of course women talk i can't count how many men i've looked in the face and try to keep a straight face because i've heard one story or the other men talk too don't get it twisted no of course they yes. do but the, of course, she, mm-hmm. it was just interesting how she hasn't seen Carrie in forever. But she, at this point, Carrie already knows the size of her boyfriend's penis, and they haven't spoken in forever. That's true, because I've more than <laughs> once had a conversation with a man when in my head I'm thinking, I know entirely too much about your anatomy right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, how? talking and then carrie objects again but lady objects that oh i've never given you a birthday present and you're like a sister to me yet i never see you and i'm like what is going on here because it was just like a random would you take the shoes if you're in carrie's position would you let her buy them i think i i wouldn't because i ordinarily don't but i think the way armelita was Mm. i she was really pushy and it's public and it's not, and I think it's very easy to succumb to it. And then honestly, the fact where it's not her money, okay, it's the guy's money, he has money, I was just like, eh, sure, why That's not? That's exactly where and I was, crazy. because I was like, I wouldn't have let her buy me the shoes. But as soon as she said it's on Carlo, I think his name was, then I think I would have. Because if the man wants to spend his money, that's his business. <laughs> I don't mind taking yep. advantage of him, but her, I wouldn't have. And they're not cheap shoes. They're at Dolce & Gabbana, so they're going yep. to be very expensive. So Carrie tells us um, a little about Amelita, say they've only met a few times, despite her saying she's like a sister and their friends, and most people actually consider her to be Euro trash. Yeah, when I heard that, I was like, well, I haven't heard that in a very long time. <laughs> she never really actually went into i think it would have been nice if they defined what euro trash was to them i think i mean you can conclude what it means but i feel like it was a very common phrase at that time so i don't think an explanation was really needed yeah okay so carrie's home and then again continuing with the theme of her finances she's going through all the bills that she has and she's writing about Amelita, and she's like, I envy her world where she didn't have to work for a living, but she has a dazzling sexual power that she's exploited. Mm-hmm. And then the first question was, where's the line between professional? What was it? What's the line between a professional girlfriend and just plain professional, aka my addition ho? Do you think Amelita is a sex worker? an escort <laughs> yes do you think she I, is I, yeah okay because i don't think she has feelings for these people she's more about what can i get out of it and it's uh so it's, 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 an escort? i don't know isn't well i mean down the episode we go further down the line which is why this whole episode just muddled me because i'm just like 
I thought I had thoughts, but now I don't think my thoughts make any sense. I'm really asking because I would say an escort is a professional, someone who you call and you book them <laughs> with like an agency or something to spend time with you. Like I wouldn't consider, unless that's what the men she's with are doing, but if she's dating these men to use them for money and all of that, I wouldn't call her an escort for that. But it doesn't even seem to last a professional girlfriend because by the end of the episode, she mentioned somebody else that she was yeah. with. But what so is that's the, saying, the, it's like the barometer for whether you're an escort or not? Because some people have maybe. people they, they've been paying for like, I don't know, years, have set them up with houses, all of that. So does that automatically it, not make them an escort anymore? It could just be her system where other people are paying by the hour. Amelita has a subscription for months. But we don't know any of this, is what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, are you assuming she is an escort or sex worker or whatever just because she's dating these men and getting stuff from them? Because I know, I'm only I mean, saying that because I feel like a lot, I know we're going to get there, but I feel like a lot of relationships are transactional even now. And I wouldn't consider yeah. the women in those kind of relationships escorts. Yeah. They are, but is part of the transaction involved emotion, love, security, or whatever, or is it just strictly financial? People because are, the impression I'm a leader. People they're not that emotionally invested in. I don't yeah, think that would sure. make I don't think that's got anything to do with it, to be honest with you. Okay, but to answer her question where what is the line what separates a professional girlfriend from a plain professional yeah. that's that's what we're discussing right <laughs> what is yeah the line? i feel like it's an individual thing i can't come out and definitively say is that because that would just be my opinion do you know what i mean yeah yeah because the same way people have their own lines that they draw their own moral barometer like barometers and you can't it's up to you, really. <laughs> I feel like it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's a very interesting question by Carrie. Because I don't, honestly don't know if I know the answer. Yeah. Because the answer is the best where you define it yourself. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're... I'm only saying that. Everybody's... Because I've struggled with this actually like a lot growing up. I've always hated taking things from men. I don't really like taking things from people in general, but from men in particular, especially men I'm dating, I never, ever used to take anything because I didn't want to feel like I owed them anything. or And I didn't yeah. want anyone to hold anything over my head. It's like, well, I gave you this, blah, blah, blah. If I ever wanted to like get up and leave, I wanted to leave. But my other friends would be like, are you dumb? <laughs> like, he's giving you this, why are you yeah. saying no? But I'm just like, it just didn't feel comfortable to me. But then the older I get, I feel like I've changed my mind a bit about that. And sometimes people just want to give you things because that's their way of showing that they care about you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I feel like it's a, it's a very individual thing. And But you're right. When does that turn you into a professional? Or does it, is it only when it's to do with money? Or is it gifts? Is it vacations? Because then there are a lot of people who are quote unquote escorts or professionals out there. Then, like a lot. Well, honestly, I'm I'm being honest, and I I hope I'm saying it as I don't I'm not judging her for her choice. Mm -hmm. 
but I'm still leaning towards her being a professional because she doesn't have a job. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have a place. Everything she does is dependent on whoever she's dating at the Mm -hmm. time. Oh, I don't think she's she's a professional, by the way. (laughs) Like, I'm a leader. Because I was, I'm just like asking the questions, but I do think that's entirely what she is. So I'm sure they know what's up before. I don't know what her setup is, whether there's a fee or whether she sets the expectation that you're going to pay for this and this and this ahead of time. But yeah, with Amelita, 100% think that's like her whole shtick because she clearly doesn't have a job either. Yeah, I think that's where the line is. I think where's the line between professional? The line is this is her one and only focus, her main source of okay. income her main living so to me that's the okay. line now a professional girlfriend you still have other things going on around your life Amelita's is life is centered around who she's okay. dating am i in argentina because i want to know because the man i'm dating has this the man i'm dating is going here so i'm going there so to me i think okay. that's how i'll answer the question that's, that's where i think that's fair so sorry okay <laughs> I hate, <laughs> that was I wrong. hate the term devil's advocate because I'm always like the devil doesn't need an advocate but that's I just wanted us to get into it because I think it's interesting yeah. right it's very easy to dismiss yeah. something but if you really think about it it's everyone's line could be different because some people think yeah. taking anything from a man that could be considered prostitution or whatever do you know what I mean but yes yes I agree so the women gather to ponder this question and they're playing poker. And Samantha says, women have the right to use every means afforded to them to achieve power. Even if it's Miranda was like, even if it's, even if it's sleeping, sleeping with them. And Samantha says, even if sleeping your way to the top is what it takes. Mm-hmm. Charlotte goes, that's exploitation. But Carrie was like, so you advocate the double standard. Women should use their sexuality to get ahead, but men shouldn't exploit. And Samantha says women and men are equal opportunity exploiters. But here's my thing going back to Carrie. In this age of, you know, everyone, the Me Too movement, everyone, you know, unlearning all bad behavior, how is how are we able to use our sexuality, but men aren't supposed to take advantage of sexuality? How does that whole dynamic work? Um, I feel like Me Too or not, that's is just going to happen unfortunately i feel like the whole point of the me too movement that is unwanted do you know what i mean and those the issues of consent i feel like if it's consent on both sides but it's riskier though you have to make like i always say i'll never forget when i first went to college and they gave us a talk on consent it's all about enthusiastic consent if the consent isn't enthusiastic just dismiss it so I feel like that's in this day and age. I mean, it still happens, me too or not. I 100% actually agree with Samantha that men and women are equal opportunity exploiters. Mm. I feel like a lot of romantic relationships are transactional, if we're being honest about it. No, I understand that. I think, okay, I hope this isn't a simplistic example Let's say someone's trying to close a deal mm-hmm. and she comes, you know, dressed provocatively and the man falls for it and asks for a date and you go for it. How would you classify? Like, basically, we're asking everyone or we're asking men not to be trashing human beings and to do the right thing. Uh-huh. 
how does that work if he follows through? Are you saying but that's what him as being long a as trust human being because that's the parameters you've set and you're allowing it? You've so you're okay. consenting. Okay, so consent is yeah. to me that's like the main basically. issue. If you're implying something like, oh, sign this deal and there are perks in it for you with me, that's you giving consent. If the man follows up, th um, follows through with it, that's like two consenting adults to me. I don't think there's an imbalance there. Okay. Am I making sense? Okay. Yeah, 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 you are. I feel like when it's exploitative, like say again, you're coming to do a deal, you're dressed how, you know what, it, how you're dressed doesn't even matter. You're dressed however you want to dress. But the man strongly implies that if you grant him sexual favours, he will sign the deal. I feel like that's when it's exploitation. Because you haven't, you that haven't expressed any consent to be approached in that way. If you decline, if you decline, and he's like, okay, fine, and then does it on the merits of the deal, whatever, cool. But if you decline, and he's like, well, I'm not gonna do it because you won't sleep with me, then that's definitely wrong. Okay. I don't know if I'm making sense. No, it is, but I think there's just a blurry line they're, they're between every blurry lines. That's why you should keep sex out of business <laughs> and, <laughs> and all of that keep it away from anyone you're not dating or actively trying to date that's the whole point let's all be professionals <laughs> in the workplace okay then charlotte throws a curveball mm -hmm. and she asks if she's getting that what if she's getting professional advantage because the person finds her charming Mm -hmm. And she talks about this famous artist who has invited her to his farm. But what if he wants more? Mm -hmm. Miranda, call me. If he does anything like that, we'll sue the hell out of him. <laughs> and I thought that just cracked me up. It makes me laugh um, because that's what I mean about like, you know, equal opportunity exploiters. I'll just give an example. I have a very good friend that every single interview, that every job he's ever interviewed for, he's always got the job whether he's been qualified or not, because he's very charming. People want to be his friend. He's very good at putting people at ease, men or women. It's like a good trait he has. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's the same, mm -hmm. um, going back to episode two, mm -hmm. I think, when we're talking about pretty privilege, I feel like it all plays into that. And when I say pretty privilege, I feel like <laughs> the better you look, the more charming, whatever. And I think regardless of gender, people treat you better so if people find you charming they want to be around you and they offer you more opportunities everybody's exploiting something does that make sense i feel like i'm rambling i, I agree no i no no no. i agree because um when you talk about the pretty privilege i think it's the same thing like even something mm -hmm. as simple as influencers uh, i think when someone has the whole package and mm -hmm. they look a certain way and they have the people are attracted exactly. to want to be like them to want to get the likes exactly. and get the so followers it's all exploitation and, you know, isn't it so yeah. somebody's exploiting yeah. their charm or whatever and somebody is also exploiting the person providing that charm because they want to be around i don't know in nice things aspirational things if we're honest with ourselves we all want something yes. from somebody at the end of the day yeah even if it's close proximity yes, to say exactly. oh i know this person more. You know, I'm, I have an in with this person. Okay, yeah. 
I agree. So while they're speaking about it, the doorbell rings and Miranda says in the most exasperated voice ever, it's Skipper offering to pick me up. And she looks like she's just over him. And I just don't understand why she's still dragging this relationship. And I will say this made me notice that the continuity in the show, in the beginning, at least so far in season one, is a little choppy. Because one minute there's Miranda, one minute you forget that there's this whole thing with Skipper. Yeah. We don't know if it's still going on or not. And just been popping up every now and then. And then also... Further down in this episode, Carrie goes on a date with someone who has an adventure with someone, but you remember that the last episode, she just set a date to have a date with Big. So, like, what is happening? So, you have to suspend all disbelief, but I do find that it's a little choppy. um, In a different order and just slotted them in. And then certain themes, and you're just like, what? Because I couldn't, you know, yeah, but. Again, season one, you know, everyone's just trying to find their foot. That's how it is mm-hmm. in life, you know. But um, again, I don't know why Miranda was just dragging with Skipper. But when Carrie was like, oh, oh, he's like a seal pup. And she's like, yeah, a seal pup that sometimes you want to club. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was just so. And then she's like, I don't even know. She opens the door and she's like, oh, you're here. You're an hour early. He's like. Oh, oh, that's fine. I mean, I can wait. I'm just like, gosh, I remembered what you spoke about uh, the episode earlier where you're just like, he doesn't yes. have respect for himself and he just allowed you to speak to him. Like, why would you wait in the hall? I hate waiting. So I don't understand why you would wait a whole hour. Didn't you someone. want to shake him? Like, Miranda some like- balls, Skipper. <laughs> some balls sack. Hey. <laughs> some balls. <laughs> but Miranda is over it and she's like it's okay i'll just go we'll leave now and then they head on out um carrie the girls have left and carrie's trying to have an early night when amelita calls her she's so boisterous i just i don't know every time she called i just felt happy she's like carrie where are you come on and she just <laughs> she was a really good guest star i'm pretty sure she didn't get a nomina- nomination because she's not a big name but she was just a really, she just she really did. played her part really well. Cigarette, cigarette holder. She's and the kind of just, person I'd love to hang out with fun. like once every six months. Like just for a good night yes. out. Any more than that and I'd find her draining. But she's fun for sure. Sure. <laughs> yes. That's apt. So she invites her out and lets her know there's someone she's dying for her to meet and she should come by. But Carrie being Carrie, we know Carrie. She gives into peer pressure easily. We knew she was going to go out. And she's like, I'm not going to get my new shoes, be punished. And then she heads out. And it's the same restaurant that she and Samantha had been trying to get, Balsack. Oh, Balsack, people call it. And when she gets in there, the hostess is quick to tell her, you're not on the list. And Carrie gleefully tells her, oh, no, I'm not waiting for a list. My friends are in there. And it struck me, and I don't know if you noticed this, Amelita looked like a younger brunette Spanish Samantha. Oh, I didn't notice that. I don't I was looking at it, and I was just like, at some point, I was like, well, she doesn't have the birthmark on, uh, down on her chin. But I was just like, at some point, she just looked like a brunette, younger version that they I'll just put a wig on, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but... But anyway, so Amelita comes by. She introduces her to a French architect named mm-hmm. Gilles. Wow. And then I couldn't... God, the waiters were yes! wearing these hideous oh gold God. shirts that 
I thought I was the only one that noticed. That's all I could see in that scene was that, like, those shirts. I'm like, those are the ugliest shirts I've ever seen in my life. My goodness. <laughs> they speak through the night and then they hit it off and they're walking home and Carrie says she uses her journalistic um, talents and she finds out he's recently divorced with a daughter and he tells her, you're too beautiful to be a writer. <laughs> Nana, please take this one. What? I keep saying, question keeps like, letting what? these men drag her profession. Like when they called her what? profession cute and you're too beautiful to be, what the fuck does that mean? Come on. I have Question marks all over that. What does that mean? You're too beautiful to be a writer. But again, you know, I'm giving them too much credit because every time these mm-hmm. these things happen, I go back and try to tie it up to another episode because now I'm thinking of the modelizer episode where it's like, is either you're yeah. smart or you're pretty. But you know something. what? I can't so, even hate because men I don't know. really do say things like that in real life. So I'll never forget when this man, yeah. this, <laughs> this Nigerian man actually, was trying to hit on me and get my number just legit harassment just following me from stop to stop we were on public transport and then he's like are you sure you're not nigerian i'm like no i've told you a million times i'm gone in he was like oh but you're too beautiful to be gone in i'm just like so you insulting my nationality how does that work in your head do you think you're going to curry favor i don't even want to talk to you right now just (laughs) men say dumb shit like this in real life so (laughs) that felt very true to life for me (laughs) okay but i was just like wow but then she starts talking about her financial woes which i thought was interesting thing to share for the first time it's someone you just met because he's like oh you don't they don't pay well oh no they do and then to make it worse it's like oh they do i just happen to have yeah. a and substance she was going of oh, about okay. how broke she was to this man she just met mm-hmm. don't do that and then she goes i noticed the red flags he was divorced french and impossibly handsome now i don't know if she's being coy but it made me think, like, what are some things that you consider red flags? I think when I was younger, I did think yeah. divorce was a red flag, but I'm older, thankfully. But I don't necessarily think that's a red flag. I think what I would consider a red flag, because he's recently mm-hmm. divorced with a daughter. Anytime um, you meet someone and they have a kid, I'm not, um, well, in the past, was not opposed to, oh, was I? I don't know if I can handle it, dating someone with a kid, but I think it's very important to know what the time mm-hmm. period is. I think when your kid yeah. is like one, yep. that's too soon. If your kid is like a certain age, it's not necessarily a red flag, and I'm not saying it applies to everyone. I'm just mm-hmm. speaking for myself. It's just like the things that come with having a uh, dating someone that has a kid is, is not the kid. That's, it's usually the baby mama because you don't know what the relationship is. And it's also a bond that you have to know that you're willing to to go through because yeah. they're going to be parents. So it's like this person is going to be in your life and you have to have that capacity to you know, know like, hey. I hear you making all some- these kind of disclaimers. I feel like it's fine. What you don't like is whatever you don't like. If you don't want to date someone with a kid, that's no, your I business. Don't <laughs> yeah. I get it, but we live in a world where it could be interpreted like I'm saying yeah. they're bad or not. And I'm trying to just emphasize that I'm not yeah. saying that at all. There is nothing wrong with it. It doesn't make anyone bad or good. I'm just saying, like, I mm-hmm. think everyone has different emotional yeah. 
capacities. Some people can't get more children. Some people do want people with children. So that's why I'm putting the disclaimer is just to emphasize that. I'm yeah. not by any means saying that there's anything wrong. I'm saying what's that's a red flag for me? Like if you have like a kid, like if you have like a five-year-old kid, okay, that's enough time passed. You've established your routine or whatever. If you have a one-year-old kid, yes. well, that's pretty recent. Like I'm recently you, divorced. Uh-uh. You know. <laughs> Yeah. So, are there any things you would consider like your red flags? I think Carrie was being funny because impossibly handsome. Actually, no, that is a valid red flag. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard people from people. Don't like it. And honestly, I don't. I know you disagree with me, but I've always said I don't like men who are overly pretty. I like my men. You know, you just I I prefer attractive men rather than pretty men. I like a sexy man. Yeah. I don't want I don't want my yeah. man to be the prettiest one in a relationship, but that's just me. But obviously, that's not but that's not a deal breaker for me. I'm not gonna go. Oh my gosh, I'm not gonna date you because you're just far too good looking. You know what I mean? <laughs> so <laughs> I, I actually agree. I think when I was younger, kids was also a big deal for me. But then <laughs> PTSD that <laughs> I dated men who ended up having kids while we were together. So that's that's a whole nother oh. yeah, that's a whole nother beast. But yeah, kids kids yeah. were always like a no go for me. But the older um I've become, obviously it's rarer. Actually, no, let me not say it's rarer, because actually most of the men I've dated like didn't have children. But I do think there's more of a chance of people having kids and also more of a chance of people either haven't been divorced, etc. And those used to be deal breakers for me when I was younger. I don't think there's much these days. And I actually completely agree with you. Again, depends on how old the child is, how how recently divorced. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking now, yeah. what is a deal breaker for me that like I wouldn't date you a hundred percent? Do you know I'm okay, this is sound bad. I get suspicious of people who are of men, I should say, who are like too dependent on their parents and their opinions, I feel like mm-hmm. that's a bit of a red flag for me. If I feel like I'm going to have to compete yeah. with like your mom and your dad or your sister or whatever, um, yeah, that it makes me a bit reticent to get into a relationship with you. I should resistant, I should say. Yeah, I think that's that's a bit of a red flag for me. I'm like, do, do, do. Yeah, yeah. This is not a bad. It's not a battle you yeah. even want to start or get into. Being in the middle, I'm sorry, that's a red flag for me <laughs> <laughs> because they're just going to be contrary <laughs> for no reason for fun, and I don't have the energy to be constantly arguing with you. And you telling me how Joe Rogan is the greatest person ever. Anyway, sorry, that's a tangent. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm still. No, but you know exactly the kind of okay. <laughs> I know. I know what you mean. <laughs> that is definitely a red flag. Okay. <laughs> Going back on track, the second thing that I realized about Carrie is Carrie is easily yes. wooed, and this again goes back to that episode about uh, dating mm-hmm. younger men when. The younger guy said women in their 30s, everything is like feeding oh, something wow. to a starving child. <laughs> it, could the, it could be the littlest thing. Like she just met this guy for the first day. I remember how like big just asked for a number and she just gets even the 20 something year old guy 
it doesn't take much yeah. for her to swoon or to fall for a guy and she's just really maybe she is just the attention she likes or maybe she really but she I seems to really like them on, and i actually think carrie is a romantic and i never thought about her like that until we started rewatching it but i do think she just loves romance but i don't think she's desperate at all though you know you're going back about you said um 30 something old man is like feeding something to a starving dog i don't think she's desperate i think she just likes being romanced and showered with attention no i don't think i, I don't think mm-hmm. she's desperate at all because even in that episode i think we discussed what we well my interpretation of that statement wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily desperation it was more of the bars yes. on the floor that when we see someone good you're just like oh wow yes. you're a rare gem i appreciate it so much so not necessarily desperation but i just like i said like what we said earlier how these men keeps like big said something about her being a writer or somebody saying yeah. something and she just giggles and she just and she just, I'm just like Mary. <laughs> so she just yeah it's much for her to be all yeah, ha 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 I, I la 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 really into already into this french mm-hmm. guy after one night so in your closet going through that whole thing it really truly is a phenomenon that i don't understand but the whole having a closet full of clothes but having nothing you to don't wear. understand this is phenomenon? one thing that's huh oh. no i mean like it's true i don't understand how that happens how yeah. can you have all the clothes in the world and still have nothing to this wear it's a strange phenomenon but it's, it's i literally wear like the same three things ever yeah and I feel like this is most women. This is why shopping mm-hmm. is usually like a thing. But I would really like to understand the science of it. But yeah. So we switch over and somebody shows up to Carrie's apartment. Skipper the incel. My God, this guy's like a gnat. He won't go away. And he gets to, And at this point, I feel like Carrie's in their relationship because he just keeps going to Carrie to vent. And yes, for a reminder... Skipper and Carrie were friends. She's the one who you introduced him I'm to I'm glad you brought that Miranda. up because when I was watching the episode, I'm like, why is Skipper at Carrie's house? And I was like, oh my gosh, I actually completely forgot that they were friends and he met Miranda through Carrie. So that's why. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> They're so unlikely. And this is another example of why I think um, maybe the season was just a little bit choppy because she's more of a close friend to, I think, Stanford. Mm-hmm. We've barely seen Stanford, but we've seen Skipper show up to her when he harassed her to call mm-hmm. Miranda on the spot and now he's in the house and he's just venting and he's going about Miranda saying how the sex is so good it's all he can think about is it possible to be addicted to a person and I'm like this is a natural phenomenon Skipper don't feel so special I mean for women you're called yes. you're called dick whipped so basically yeah. he's pussy whipped and this is absolutely a thing. And he had me to flashbacks when I was addicted to a person. Well, a person. when you were dick whipped? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm Don't say you. that. <laughs> no, and, and I think ultimately the definition of that is all like, I mean, listen, by your 30s, we've all been addicted at some yeah. point or the other. I think the same thing where I read where somebody said you have amazing sex with someone. The oh, something about the more amazing the sex is, the worse they are for you because they don't give you mm-hmm. anything else. 
emotionally and they take you on this roller coaster so it makes the sex more it makes it makes it feel more intense because that's basically the closest emotion that you're getting because they're depriving you of anything else because skipper was like you can tell that it's putting her off but i can't help myself like i just keep going on and she's not really into it like he knows like he's aware i give him credit for that that he's aware you know, of that my but- sympathy for skipper <laughs> ran out many many episodes ago because I'm just like, you're allowing Miranda to treat you like crap. You really are. So I don't know what else to say to you. This is me coming in saying Carrie's a bad friend. I feel like Carrie just needs to tell him to snap out of it or wake up. You know how your friend is, Miranda. You can see this guy is like beating himself up about your friend. And instead of kind of guiding him towards the light, you're enabling him. So I think she's been a bad friend to Skipper. But uh, there's not only so much she can say because honestly, I do yeah. feel Skipper is aware. Yeah. Skipper knows. Skipper says with his mouth. He's like, Miranda uh-huh. never lets me spend the night. <laughs> <laughs> and he says it again that you can tell that I'm putting her off and she's turned off by it, but I can't help myself. And then this is where I just absolutely tapped out. This guy disgustingly says sometimes I don't even shower because I have sex because I just want to smell her on me all day. Bye. Bye. Do you know I'm laughing? Because when I was I watching that episode, because when Carrie opens the door, she's in her nightgown, the most matronly nightgown, which doesn't seem very Carrie-like at all. She literally looks like Rose from the good um the Golden Girls. But um and then she's getting changed while Skipper's telling her all of this. And I was thinking, have I ever seen Carrie take a shower since we started watching this episode? I feel like she's always getting dressed and never showering. But But I did point out that you know that Carrie doesn't even rate Skipper because she's pressing around him in her bra and everything else. Because he do that. Rate Skipper. Like Skipper is just a being. Not Not even himself. So that's its own. But you know what would have been cool would have been an episode, maybe it does come, I don't know, that explores Miranda's thought process in keeping Skipper. It just seems... She probably just like sleeping with him. That's it. It's not her fault that he decided to attach mm. all the extra. Because in Miranda's credit... She's yeah, but very, she's allowed... But she's been very like, clear about how she feels about him and what she expects from him. Yeah, she's been very clear to everybody else, but not to him. Because why would you let him come pick you up? Like Miranda normally would just be like, "No, don't worry, you don't need to. Don't make it all complicated. We're just here." I think she's been Miranda would do that. I feel like she's been clear to him. I don't think picking you up and all of that. I don't think that's a big deal. That time when they went out and give me, she's basically telling him that she's not interested, and then he kisses her. Like all that, all the way back then. I feel like she's been very clear how she feels about him. No, I think the relationship started not quote unquote relationship mm-hmm. started afresh yeah. when they started having sex. But since then, not said not anything nice to him, to him. as to what to he say to him. No, I understand. You said she's made it very clear, but I mean, if it's mixing because it's somebody who is quote unquote vulnerable at that point is like, oh, she really hated me. She wouldn't have sex with me. Oh, she really hated me. She wouldn't want me to come around her friends to pick her up. She doesn't let you sleep over. She's literally letting you know that she's having sex with you. She's constantly irritated when you do things she hasn't asked you to do. Like showing up early. (laughs) She's giving hints 
like yes that he should pick up he's not picking up or maybe he is and he in spite of it he's fine but i think i disagree with you saying she's uh, been very I do. clear i don't, I don't think, think she's been i just feel like skipper is the kind of person like you could look in the face and be like go away i don't want to see you anymore and he'll go away for five minutes and come back and go oh can i come back now that's the type of vibe i get from him so as always yes. we are going to disagree but we ask you guys out there what do you think do you think miranda has been clear to him not to her girlfriends but to him about where she yes, stands with what they're doing yeah let us know so switch back to carrie and she's having a good time with jill and i think she said she had a great day they had a romantic day they walked around they saw different things and then they're making out and carrie's giving us this pg on hbo sex which is just weird and it's just just making out and her straps fall and all we see is shoulders and she goes i have a rule i don't sleep with men i've only known a day <laughs> We no, surprised by that because it seems like the kind of dumb stuff Karen would say. <laughs> but made me chuckle because I was like, "Okay, girl." <laughs> you know what is that? I think it is very on brand for Carrie. But honestly, I feel like if I was Jill, it would be one of those things where I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, we've heard this." Before. They both knew what was gonna happen. So they go ahead. Like I said earlier, I said like Carrie gives into quote unquote peer pressure. She 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 herself she says in the voiceover, I gave in or I cave, one or the other. So we wake up in the morning, he's kissing her that he has to go, and she's like, Oh, like I can come with you. He's like, No, he has a flight to catch. He's like, Enjoy yourself, get room service and have fun, and I'll call you. Then when he left, she's like, Wait, he doesn't even have my number. Yeah, and I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> But let me point out something. He doesn't have her number, but how did they plan the day of the yep. date that they let had? Me, let me tell you a story. In the land before cell phones. No, I'm joking. I'm messing with you. But literally, you just you could just be like, I'll meet you at this time here. And then you just show up. I, feel, I don't think it's implausible. That's true. But they didn't, they didn't have that because they ended. They didn't. Because he said, uh, well, he said, yeah, I'm, maybe. I'm in they New York for the weekend. I'd like to see you tomorrow. That's what he said to her. So I'm yes. sure they're going to yes. meet you at this t- this place at this time. Yes. So she turns around and is looking around and by the phone, she sees an envelope. She thinks it's a cute note. And then she opens it, reads the note, and then he's left her a thousand dollars. My first Thank thought, you. blessings oh on blessings on <laughs> I can pay my bills. I was so interested in what you're gonna think because the whole hand rigging, I would have been like, "Oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus." <laughs> That's all I would have thought. No. I'd have been now, like, oh, I would never lack you- whatever I need. I will get. Amen. <laughs> because <laughs> younger, younger me would have made a big deal about it, but now I would have been like, "Blessings on that," because she didn't know he was gonna leave a thousand dollars and she was gonna sleep with and him anyways. Telling him how broke you so, are. You just met him. I would have been thinking, yes. oh my gosh, that's so nice. Yes. He wants to help me pay my bills. Okay. Thank you, Jesus, and keep it moving. But anyway, she calls the girls because I think it's gnawing on her. And Samantha is just like, money is power, sex is power, money for sex is power. I'm like, Samantha, you are, you are, <laughs> you should be our patron saint. <laughs> 
Brenda has no stress in her life. She's just like, I don't see what the problem is. But I did find it so cool how they were just all ordering what they wanted. <laughs> because and they getting off the whatever she wanted. Like, that didn't mean you and your three friends, Kerry. But yeah. hey, I feel her. That's what I would have done. That's okay. He's rich now. And then Kerry's like, oh no, we should pay for it. And then she's like, uh, no. He told these order room service. He didn't afford to be dashing out a grand. He is not going to miss another few hundred of room service. Okay. <laughs> And then Miranda says men give and women receive. And that just triggered Miranda for some reason. He just went off. And they were doing all that. And Carrie's like, guys, it's okay. I'm just going to write it off as a bad date. A bad cash date. Bonus, which was fine. But I didn't necessarily think it was a bad date. I don't it know why she would call a it a bad date. date. I'm a good Thank date you. with a cash bonus. I don't know why she said that. But I think she was feeling guilty. And, you know, I'm not going to write off her feelings of feeling weird about it because I can imagine just in that moment, you're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like, you basically had sex for money. I don't think sex for money. I honestly feel like the money had nothing to do with the sex. I feel like he liked her. um, Like he, he literally, not like in love or like have feelings for her. He enjoyed her company for the weekend. Literally the first few minutes of you talking to this man you're complaining about money and how you can't afford to pay bills and rent he enjoyed spending time with you you got you wanted to sleep with him he wanted to sleep with you even before any money came into the equation he's leaving back to his country and he said he's probably like oh let me give her some money to help her with her bills that's how i saw it i wish you could see my eyeballs because goodness me for perspective i did not think really? that what at all think? what i was thinking is amelita is is running a business and put up carrie seeing as her card got declined that she could use the money and he wanted someone for the weekend and she's like hey this is a perfect fit he all along oh, wow. that he was gonna pay it was what it was. That's why he didn't ask for her number that's why he didn't, he's like i'll call you when i come back i'm like that's why he did it because all along the arrangement with Amelita and Amelita knew, but Amelita is playing it coy because mm. she's smart. She's like, How can I help Carrie and how can I get this man? And this is what it was. It was always an you arrangement from the get go. <laughs> because I can see, like, I feel like that could also support that view, definitely. Oh, hmm. Hmm. That's why when we go back down the episode, when she's like, Okay, the first one worked, it's not like Carrie called her to complain. She's like, Okay, so she's mm. down, unspoken rule. And try to introduce hmm. somebody else. Hmm. Yeah, that was interesting. My whole thing. <laughs> her friend is pimping her out. That was my whole thing. Yes, and then she's like, "How can I help?" Because I mean, if your card's getting declined, you're mm-hmm. really in dire straits. And I think she was complaining to her about money too, because all this episode she's just been telling everyone who can, has an ear yeah. about how broke she is. So yeah, so absolutely, that's what I thought. I didn't think he was like he liked her. Bro. That guy was just he trying was. to bust a nut for but the I weekend mean, you can in still New York. Like someone still wants to sleep with them. <laughs> I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think you can think you're a nice person, but not like 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 romantically. Like, oh, you're like in dream. love or like I mean, like oh, as in okay. just like her company. Yeah. Oh, okay. no, I thought you meant like, like because that's. What he- Kind of dismissive when she says, "Oh, I'm yeah. a writer," and he's like, "Oh, ah, cute, sure." Wow, okay. you're literally making me look at everything in new eyes. <laughs> oh, that's the fun. That's the fun 
fun part about mm-hmm. watching this. So he thought <laughs> she was an escort from the beginning. But anyway, mm-hmm. yes, that was okay. absolutely how I viewed it. So, <laughs> um, and I think that was also when I said defining what you were trash meant at that time. I think that you know, yeah. New York people can be snooty, but not without actually saying the word, because that was why Carrie also asked that question: What's the line between a professional girlfriend mm-hmm. and a professional? So, anyways. So now we switch to Charlotte. She's with a person, Neville Morgan, who's an artist that she said she might get a job because he's being, he finds her charming. And she arrives at the farm to go see him. And all I could think about was all these actresses who have producers that ask them to meet at the hotel rooms and how, you know, you don't think anything of it because like I've read, they say all of them meet in Mm -hmm. hotels all the time. It's come into it, but as soon as again looking at it through new eyes, 2020 eyes, when Charlotte just walked in, honestly, mm-hmm. I was just thinking about her safety because I'm just like, this is a huge barn and you're by yourself. But, anyways, the artist reveals his pictures, and it is basically all pictures yep. of vaginas, but he calls me cunts. Charlotte is clearly uncomfortable as we're told that she does not like the C word. He calls vaginas the life so- uh, life force and the source of all power. And then from nowhere, his wife, Katrine, comes in and she brings in food and drink saying, um, oh, would you like something to drink? And I think she was supposed to represent, and I, I don't know, they like to blur the lines on Sex in the City. It's like they all life matter things sometimes. So I think the wife coming in to me kind of made it seem like that's okay. She's here. He's not doing anything. Kind of reducing the the optics versus if it was just him and Charlotte versus him, his wife, and Charlotte think, being on there. I think before Does that make sense? when she was describing this man wanting to paint her, when she first got there, I was kind of like, mm, this old, weird, creepy painter. But when he started talking, I actually completely bought it. I don't think he was trying to hit on her. I do think he just generally wanted to paint her. But isn't that part of it? Like, if you think of all the stories you've heard from all, like, all these producers in Hollywood or yeah. whatever, they're charming the and they is, try to make you feel comfortable. The thing is, he hasn't done anything untoward. I can't go by what he could do. I can only go by what he is doing. And he asked to paint her, and she says yes. So I don't see... Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I was working mm-hmm. my way to that, but he hadn't asked that yet i'm saying like before it's kind of like very extreme but it's like grooming it's kind of like oh i'm buying the kids stuff i'm not doing mm-hmm. anything i'm not doing anything but you get comfortable and day mm-hmm. you molest a child so i mean i'm not gonna judge you by but uh-huh. i'm warming you up you can ask her to do that but he's going on about how cons and this is this and to me i feel like his wife coming in was just part of oh look i'm not do anything get comfortable because to me asking her and then he says um every vagina that i've painted oh sorry cunt was what he was calling it word. every cunt i've painted <laughs> of, yes. someone, yeah. of someone who has uh-huh. touched my life and then from nowhere he asked charlotte so i ask you while you're here mm-hmm. would you pose for me and that was where he, that was from left field you the agreement when you came was to show the pictures and she's trying to get him mm-hmm. for you know the gallery and all that it wasn't like that so to me that's why i thought it was just all part of getting you comfortable i'm not going to ask you because it's not an everyday not. request it's but do you feel like would have been in danger either her or her job if she said no 
I don't think we know enough about her job environment, no, so it no, wouldn't necessarily be danger. Like right there, the- and then, do you think if she said no, it would have been an issue? Um, I think I don't know what her job environment is like in terms of how dire it was that they secured him, but I do think it wouldn't have been a guarantee that they would secure him for the gallery. Okay, but I mean, like with him in the barn, if she said no that she didn't want him to paint him do you think it would have been an issue no but i do think i do think as, uh, harassment varies there are different levels to it so i don't necessarily think it was that but it was her being uncomfortable anyways okay. knowing what your subject matter is i don't know that telling a woman to come to a secluded farm knowing that she doesn't know what the pictures are, are just all of vaginas and you're going to talk about them and you're calling it cunts. You didn't even ask her, are you comfortable? Like, it's a word like Americans, like I know, like since I moved here, people find very jarring. Yeah. And you're just using that, like even in the regular circumstance, when you curse in front of a lady, usually you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, he wasn't even... But he's like an artist. I would have been surprised if he did any of those things. I feel like that's the character they're trying to portray, right? Like I mean, this freewheeling artist, like live and let love. It's all about my art kind of people. I just thought he was creepy because he just gave me creepy vibes. Yeah, exactly. And I just, I feel like Charlotte was visibly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, no matter how free you are, no matter how whatever, you should want the person you're, I don't know, Mm-hmm. with to be comfortable so when he asked charlotte to pose she doesn't even mm-hmm. say yes or no she just goes oh i'm flattered and he's like great i'm glad you are and while you're here we might as well he just seemed overpowered if that's the right term yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah so that was that and then we don't know um what happened whether she goes yes no she just says i'm flattered and she kind of freezes and he takes it as a yes so once again, Samantha and Carrie are trying again to go to Balsack and it's not working. And Samantha is just furious at this point. And then Carrie's again hungry and she's like, I'm just going to go to the bathroom and then we can go. On her way to the bathroom, we just hear this loud, Carrie! <laughs> it's, it's your fave. It's, it's your so fave. It's so loud. It's so loud. She screams at her and then she tells her to come by and then Carrie goes and then she starts telling her this she's she's with a different set of guys this time. And mm-hmm. then she takes her to this one guy and that he's going they're all going to Venice for the film festival and then she can come and then she tells her you can bring your little laptop. Why do people keep dragging <laughs> on Carrie for writing? So listen, everyone in Carrie's life stays dragging her job, like stays <laughs> dragging, and she allows it. So whatever. Yeah. So the guy's name was Mario, and she's like, "Oh, you can come, and you're gonna have all these things." And at some point, he actually even grabbed her, and it was a little uncomfortable the way he just yeah. grabbed her and someone that she just met. And I understand. He puts Carrie. his hand on her ass, right? That's what it is. Oh. Oh, really? I, yeah. I didn't even see that part. I just saw that he grabbed her arm and all that. No, so, but he, he put his hand she... on her butt. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And she was uncomfortable. That was that much was clear. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I think Carrie's reaction was normal. Like, she'd be lying if she said she wasn't tempted. Because, of course, who wouldn't want to do that? Everything's paid yeah. for. You have all the things you're going to do, but at what cost? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I do honestly believe we all have a price. Yeah. I don't know how morally 
whatever you think you are, everybody has a price. And then something for me, my price is my student loans. But (laughs) 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 but everybody gets to that point. (laughs) No, but I'm just saying, I think in life, you kind of think everybody has who they think they are until mm-hmm. life turns you in a circumstance and you just Ooh. don't you yourself don't even believe that you're can capable. Can it for you? These are poetry clicks. Preach, <laughs> my sister, preach. <laughs> so, you know, there's many things everybody thinks there are. No one is beyond anything. No one is above anything. So it carries dilemma at that moment, I think was very realistic. Like, man, I could just go here, forget about my troubles, forget about that. But mm-hmm. at some point, you have to, you know, stand up for yourself. And yes. Carrie, she's just like, you know, this is not for me. This is not, you know, what I'm supposed to do. And she makes the choice and she's like, no, I think I'm going to pass and all that. So that was the I end. I was so proud of her, honestly, yeah. because I was kind of in her shoes as I was watching the episode because part of me was like, ooh, like vacationing, film festival, that would be fun for like a few weeks. But then I was like, but there's so many strings attached to that like trip. Yeah. And you know this from the beginning. And I think it was kind of clear what it was when he touched her in that way. So yeah, I was actually proud of her for making that choice that no, it yeah. is what it is. <laughs> Could easily I guess she knows chalked- what her moral line is and she wasn't going to cross it. And I was like, yeah. good for you. She could easily have chalked it to just YOLO, you know, yes. or whatever. Because, I mean, I think, I feel like I've come across that a certain time in my life um, where it was just like, I was just, you know, desperate for a job. And it's like, at what point or what line do I get to even do I want a job? Like, if it's something you've done before. And I'm just mm-hmm. thinking once okay maybe everybody makes a mistake but if it's something else that you do again and again at this point it becomes you you know how some some people do certain things and it's like that's not me yeah but it kind of is because if you've done it over and over at this point just accept that it is you you just don't want to accept that it is you so that's a really good point you know that's actually a very good point because you're right we do we've all done messed up stuff or we're capable of doing something messed up but it's a choice about whether you continue to do it or not. Yeah. Yes. I think that's definitely true. Yeah. So you have to get to that point where you're like, okay, I don't want to do this so I don't become that person. Because if 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 Carrie goes, you know, to Venice and she has such a good time and someone leaves this time another five thousand dollar and you're like, whoa, this is gonna cover all the bills and paying well, then suddenly mm-hmm. it's very easy to get swept up and that just becomes and she says that. that, doesn't she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Amelita shows her her 12 grand bracelet that someone's just bought for her. Yeah, (laughs) and then she'll be like, it could be a bracelet here today, a vacation here today. But it's it's true. When does it ever end? Yeah. And then you will honestly become a professional. So So, Carrie goes on off to the bathroom and then someone asks her for a tampon and it's the most powerful woman in New York. The hostess has been denying them. And somehow that was all it took to get them a table. Meaning there was a table all along. Of course but- there was. There's always been a table. Those <laughs> kind of people, they just weren't the right kind of people she wanted. For Bolza. <laughs> but let me tell you something. This is another time that Carrie stays lying to her friends. She already lied to Miranda when she went to go see the 20-something-year-old. And I don't care what you say, Nana. She already lied to Samantha when she said she didn't know who Big was. And now she's like, I'm not telling Samantha how we got the table. I'm just going to keep it to myself. <laughs> yeah, keep it pushing. So um, 
the next thing we see is they're all at the gallery and we it's revealed that Charlotte did pose for the picture because they're celebrating her coup and trying to guess which one of the vaginas is hers that's on the wall. And I found it very interesting that because they're all numbered. So they kept saying mm-hmm. five, four, 11. And then I just found it funny that they whispered which one was her number. I don't, why didn't they just say it out loud? Uh, I just would like to just add it to the episode. I don't think it was a big deal. It's like, ooh, intrigue. Just in case some eagle eye person is pausing, trying to figure out which one is actually Charlotte's. I think it was just kind of a bit of a joke. When we find out that she did do it, I think the one thing I asked myself was when um, the guy had said everyone that he's painted has been someone that has touched his life. So why did he want Charlotte? This That's is what why... I'm saying about these artists. I feel like he's supposed to be a very, like, a stereotype of an artist where they'll be like, oh, this woman touched my life. She sold me bread one day. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like they exist in hyperbole. So everything, <laughs> it could be said someone that touched his life. It could literally be a rando. I feel like that was the whole part of the whole characterization of the artist. It's leaning into the stereotype. So the way I but, saw it was it was just a power trip. So again, I know I, didn't get that. I got that vibe that it was just a power trip. Like he just come like maybe it leaning into okay, let's say leaning into that eccentric person is like, will she or won't she? Like, okay, I'm just gonna ask her and see, you know, what she says. And then she actually did it. But if every one of them had touched their life, Charlotte, you just met and I don't know. It, I, yeah, I, I didn't get that at all. I think all of that was more about Charlotte than the artist, yeah. about whether she was willing to lower her inhibitions or not. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see that deep into it. I'll be very honest. Okay. But yeah, so that's how the episode ends. And I think it was nice again that it's another episode that ends with the four of them just, you know, laughing, giggling, and just having yes. a end. You know, and I want to add, Carrie's wearing the most hideous kimono at this um, <laughs> gallery of screening. It's not even, it's a it literally just looks like she's in her dressing gown. <laughs> she just yeah. left the house in a nice dressing gown that someone gave her and it's got like applique all over this. And I was like, Carrie, what is going on here? And I'm, I'm actually, I love seeing her style because obviously that's a big part of the whole Sex and the City world is mm-hmm. their fashion, especially Carrie's fashion. But this one, I was like, oh girl, no. <laughs> Speaking of the fashion, part of the origins of um, that I listened to about the show, I think, uh, what's her name? Patricia? Patricia was the name of the stylist. And there was a lot of fights about what was going to be worth because she was very eccentric. And a lot of things she got from the vintage store and she would also like go at it with the producers on it. And Charlotte said sometimes she would have to Kristen Davis, that sometimes mm-hmm. she'll have to back and just be like, Charlotte would never wear anything like this. Like, yes. you can't give me stuff. And I think another fun fact about this is that Kristen Davis is so boisterous, how to put it. Like, she's so effusive. Like, when you're speaking or when she's speaking, she's always, like, dramatic, like a typical actress. And I also didn't know that she was sober. Oh, I didn't know that about her. I didn't know that about her. So it's just so interesting how these women really were actresses because they're not like their characters. Yeah, you know, who the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So did you have anything else to add? That was all about it. I think it was a 
decent um i i did think it was a little uneven and like they didn't take a stance but overall i think it was a decent episode i think it was pretty yeah but i think i think i actually think it's a good thing they didn't take a stand because why should we have somebody telling us prescriptively do this or don't i think that's the whole point it's supposed to be an avenue for discussion so i actually kind of like the way they left it a bit open yeah, okay. I think it's more of the ladies, the ladies having a stance. I think. Oh yeah, okay. Interesting okay, that. That's what I mean by that. Not them telling us, yeah. but it's more. At the end of the day, I still don't know. I mean, I guess in some way we know individually in certain situations where they stand, but overall, mm-hmm. it was like I knew where Samantha stood on it, but everybody mm-hmm. else I wasn't quite sure. And yeah. as Carrie's the leading lady, they never actually make her, you know. See, I think Samantha would have gone for it because, like she says, it's all about power and an equal exchange to her. Yeah. And I think Miranda and um, Charlotte would have said no. Well, we and don't, I guess we're not Carrie sure. Was, would be the one on the fence, and then she ended up saying no. We're not sure because honestly, I wouldn't have thought that Charlotte would do the painting. If I'm being honest, oh, yeah, with true, 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 true. So. Everyone going against their character. <laughs> but it so, was yeah. fun i enjoyed it i enjoyed it i hope you guys enjoyed it too and please continue to you guys have been great at like giving us comments we really appreciate it please continue to send them in if you have any thoughts on the episodes any questions yeah we love hearing from you and once again our handles are the rewatch times two t-h-e-r-e-w-a-t-c-h-x-2 that's Instagram, that's Twitter, and email at gmail.com. Bye. Have a wonderful week. Bye.